Blog Talk Radio. Hi, Psychic America. This is Tracy Brown coming to you today, June 14th, um, 2014. I apologize for being, I think, five minutes late, six minutes late. I'm sorry. Um, I actually could have logged in on time and then I wound up walking, so that kind of threw me off a little bit. So I'm sorry for being five minutes late. Um, not much to talk about today. I just want to get out my notebook. I'm going to record things on my notebook. There you go. Okay, good. Record things on my notebook. I just want to get out my notebook and get straight to any questions. Okay, so the board is lit up. Yay, I'm happy. Okay, so... Today, June 14th, we have, we have Malcolm, the ordinary sports political guy on the line. Hold on. Kind of multitasking here. <laughs> oh, wait. Before I bring Malcolm on, I just need to make sure that I have some water to hydrate because I walk here, and walking here makes me read. Oh. Ridiculously, uh, makes me thirsty. Oh, I should bring Malcolm on. Good afternoon, Malcolm. Good afternoon, Malcolm. Hey, Tracy, how you doing today? Not bad. How are you today? Uh, real good, real good. So, we have a couple of things on board to talk about. Um, can you start with, wait, what did you want to start with? I don't want to control this, so you tell me what you kind of want to start with, and I hope it's what I want you to start with. <laughs> start, I mean, there's doesn't really matter. I mean, you just talk about uh, your friend Donald Sterling again. Back in yes. the news. <laughs> yes. I was hoping you would start with it. Go for it. Um, so tell me exactly what's been going on because it's my understanding that, let's just, let's just back up a little bit. So he made some racial comments that was put on videotape and it was leaked and TMZ leaked it. And then. Well, it was on audio tape, and then TMZ leaked that. But then he yeah. exacerbated the situation by going on video and being interviewed in, by various people, and among them, <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. Uh, no, laugh. Because every among time he opens his mouth, he really sticks his foot in his mouth. I mean, I, I can't believe he has advisors around him that aren't telling him to sit down and shut up. I mean, he really should just yeah. be quiet. Um, yeah. Anyway, at this point, I thought it, it was agreed to that he was going to allow his wife to sell his franchise. They were going to make a mountain full of money, and everybody was going to go off into the, you know, go off and, and be and happy. Let's, let's back up. When we say a mountain full of money, I have to tell you, you were the first one 
and I don't know if you meant it facetiously in a joke, but right from the beginning, you kept saying, this, this building's going to make a million bucks. Like you kept saying it. But I hadn't heard it yet on any media outlet. You, you had said heard it way that. before. No. I, well, now listen, you and I listen, listen to two different types of programming. I don't have cable. Um, yeah, but I mean, so, I, I, <laughs> this was everywhere. I no, no, I, don't, I had only heard it from you, and it wasn't until after the the ex CEO from Microsoft that literally brought it was willing to pay one point eight blah blah two two billion dollars that yes. it connected. But I hadn't heard it prior to that, so maybe you did. But I I don't have the same, you know, programming. So, well, no, that's I true, and I, I, do, I do watch a lot of the programming, so mm-hmm. I'm like a, a, a cable news junkie at times. So, um, mm-hmm. so yes, he, he gets a lot of money. It's more money than pretty much any other American will ever see. You know, we could all add our money together, and we still wouldn't add up to the money he's going to receive for this franchise. That is, he only paid $12 million for it. Keep that in mind. Not that twelve million yeah. is a paltry sum, but you know, the if you or I could make an investment like that over a period of time and reap that kind of reward, you couldn't help but just be thrilled with your life, you know. But okay, let's, let's go back though. Let's go back because I was talking to one of my tweeters, and she said that upon. Sterling reneging, that all of a sudden it wasn't about a billion dollars. It was about power. Well, and for Donald Sterling, you got to understand he's a rich guy and he's been kind of an a-hole a long, long time. So, yes, it's about power to him. You know, most people would think, wow, I'm about to make a billion dollars and be thrilled. But him, he's thinking – they can't take my team. I'm going to fight them to the end. You know, so here we are today. He's hired a group of private investigators to dig up dirt on every other owner and the commissioner of the league. Yeah. Oh, and there's dirt out there, by the way. Oh, there's dirt on everybody. I mean, you know, realistically, everybody has done or said something. What he's not getting, though, is that the NBA is like a, a club. And the club members can vote you in, and they can vote you out. And so if he wants – his wife had made a pretty good deal. And, it was a great deal. And if he allows that to go forward, everybody will kind of be happy but except him. And, you know, again, it is about power. And one of the things he's not happy about is that the league has banned him for life. They don't want to see yeah. his face. They don't want to know him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that's part of the thing is that he's he's pissed off about it and he's he's vowing to fight them to the end. Now, mind you, this man is pre-Alzheimer's or middle of Alzheimer's. He's, he's, his brain doesn't work like everybody else's brain does right now. So yeah, um, I would hope he, had, he, would, he would have an advisor or some advisors around him, his children, to say, look, you, you really need to stop, stop. Yes, pull back. Stop. Shut up. Sit down. Do anything. Stop. I would agree. But it doesn't look like that's happening because did you also notice that, and we were tweeting about this 
um, during a week that he has a, a new black girlfriend, and and he's eating at uh, like eateries where it's predominantly like still upscale but but African American. So, I mean. I'm not sure what's going on in terms of, like, crazy or is he trying to, like, show us that he really does care about us or are we just too nice as a culture, by the way? Like, like are we just too, like, oh, let him in? <laughs> well, I think that he, again, you know, he's a delusional guy and, he thinks that he can convince people that he's a, he's an okay guy, you know, by doing all his actions. I'm really okay. And oh, um, unfortunately, I, I, being the delusional guy that he is, his actions aren't, you know, what we would call politically correct these days. So he's, even his, that the original audio tape, he didn't see anything wrong with what he said. He's like, and then he went on and, uh, he did the TV interview, and he started, you know, railing. You know, he said, "I'm not a racist. I'm not this." And then he starts railing on Maggie Johnson and how bad a guy Maggie Johnson is. Yeah, that was amazing. You know, like that had anything to do with the conversation. It had nothing to do with nothing. the conversation. Nothing, right? Well, so he's I trying to... that this was spearheaded because of some sort of photographic association with his then girlfriend. So it was. It did come from a place of jealousy, this whole Magic Johnson thing. Really, it wasn't, I don't know if it was about black, it was about jealousy. Yeah. He's, but again, it had nothing to do with the conversation. And he's just trying to deflect things away from himself. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, like when he went to the black church in, in South Central to show that he doesn't mind being around black people. Yeah. That's, you know, it's like people saying, I'm not a racist because I have a black friend. Well, the fact that you said it that way, maybe it makes you kind of racist. <laughs> kind of racist, yes. <laughs> I know. You know, just say, I have friends. You know, you don't have to prove, you know, when people are going out of the way to try to prove themselves, it's a sign that right. they're not really the best And I And I love that. I love what you said just now because I have – and I'm only mentioning this because it's in the same content. I have a couple of Asian friends, right? Okay. You never hear you never hear me call out their race first, and then you never hear like you never hear like no one will ever well, hear you me shouldn't. say exactly. They're exactly. either your friends or they're not. You don't need their race should have very little to do with the fact they're your friends. Right. Right. Well, we find that a lot with other races and black folks. It's always like, well, I've got, you know, black neighbors. I've got black coworkers. I've got a black well, friend. Again, a, and it's usually a black friend, by the way. It's usually like right, and again, <laughs> that's a sign that you have some racist tendencies if, you, if that's the way you speak about your one black friend or your, you know, one black neighbor. It's just, you know, it's it's just... One of the problems that we have in the country, you know, we have a couple of problems. We have mm-hmm. uh, people being completely racist, and it's across the board. This is not just, you know, you know, whites, blacks. It's, it's everybody. We have we live in a racist country, and, and we really need to learn how to get along with one another because we're here together. Okay. The other part, the other problem we have is, you know, people having problems with other people's religions. 
you know, mm-hmm. it, we've got to let that go. I mean, nobody, who can say whose religion is better than the next religion? Right, right. It doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't matter. It, it shouldn't matter, but, you know, unfortunately in this country, you know, if you're not, if you're not part of the right religion and you're the wrong religion, then, you know, you're going to hell. <laughs> so. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to, um, if you don't mind, Malcolm, one of the uh, people that are on board right now, I'm telling people, particularly during your hour, if they have something to say or a comment, to go ahead and tweet me so that I can then include them um, okay. in the conversation. Hold on a second. <laughs> So I'm going to bring Desi on just for a moment because I just want to hear what she has to say in terms of, like, what we're talking about. So. That's fine. Hold on a second. I'm actually working it from my phone, so it makes it a little harder. Hi, this is Psychic Tracy Brown. Who's this? Hi, this is Taria. What is this, Taria? Hi, Taria. I apologize. I thought you were somebody else. Were you actually calling in for the psychic reading? I am, but your your topic is um, fascinating because I just had that top uh, that discussion with a bunch of friends. Well, tell us about and, it. Go right ahead. Um, well, some some people were defending him because of his age, like uh, like you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. But my mm-hmm. viewpoint was totally different. Um, I'm pretty much to the point and very blunt and a realist. And mm-hmm. my viewpoint was that if you are blessed to be here as long as he's been here and you don't have any mental issues, you know right from wrong. So a lot of time when you speak something, that's what's in your heart and that's what you mean. And that's mm-hmm. fine. You're entitled to your opinion, but don't expect people to uh, accept it all the time or to excuse what you believe. So you have your opinion, and so do other people. So I believe that that's really how he felt, and he's probably felt that way his entire life, but because there was money and power involved, people Mm -hmm. tend to turn the other cheek or, you know, not pay attention to that as long as everybody's profiting, and they allow bad behavior. And eventually Mm -hmm. karma comes for you, and that's what's happened. I agree. Malcolm, what's your thoughts? Well, that's exactly correct. Uh, I don't. I'm not a person who really believes in karma, but um, keep in mind the NBA is is a the ultimate old old boys club. You have a lot of owners that are very very wealthy, and they probably have heard him say racist stuff before, and it had no effect on their bottom line because it didn't matter. It was private. When it came out. The problem that the old boy network, which is the NBA owners, had with him is that now it starts to affect our corporate profits, mm-hmm. and we cannot have that, and so now you have to go. And being a club, you can be voted in, you can be voted out. And what mm-hmm. Donald Sterling is trying, does, what he doesn't get with this is that ultimately, um, at the end of the day, even if he finds dirt on every owner and on the commissioner, they're still going to vote him out. They don't want him around because he is going to mess with their profits, and they cannot have that ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Money mm-hmm. and power. Yep. So now, that would uh, make the world me, around. 
704, tell me your name one more time. Korea. It's like Maria, but with a T. Oh, Korea. Okay, I'm going to put you back on hold. Okay. Um, don't go anywhere, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and you'll be the first person I pick up for your question if you have okay. um, something just for me. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, that brings me to another point because um, Tramia said something about karma comes back around. And I, I, I happen to know, Malcolm, that you don't have that same philosophy. Um, and yeah, no, I think, I think stuff happens, you know, and sometimes good stuff and I, happens and sometimes bad stuff happens. Yeah. So yeah. Very yeah. Well, how a person you've been in the past because I've seen some really good people have really jacked up lives. I've seen some really bad people just prosper. So <laughs> I don't, that's why I don't get the, the karma thing. But anyway, that's a bit for another day. Um. But, I, that, but it's still a, a really good point, though. And me personally, I'm on a fence about karma um, because I used to want to say often, don't worry, karma comes back around. And you're right. There's, there's a period where rich people will be mean as hell. Sometimes, Malcolm, with all that energy, rich, mean as hell, sometimes at the end of days, it is horrible at the end of days, which is what Donald Sterling is kind of going through, which is why I can respect Tramia saying karma comes back around. But then again, there's that mom that gave birth to a child with three arms, and you're like, did she deserve that? Do you know what I mean? Or did the child deserve it? You know? Or, or did, did the child, the child deserve, deserve it? it? Right. And that's and so I'm on the fence when it comes to karma. Karma. Let's rest assured, Malcolm, that if you do bad things, ultimately all that energy has to go somewhere, including showing up in your own personal life, period. Like that's just true. But I just want to offer up to everyone. That's why I didn't want to drop it uh, just now, Malcolm, because one of the things that kind of, thank you, one of the things that um, kind of answers does karma come back around is a book that I recommend to everyone um, called Embraced by the Light by Betty Eady. And it kind of Yes, you recommended it to me as well. And and that book is a really great book. In my reading of it, I didn't get any karma out of it. I, I, you know, it, it, it kind of supports my view where, you know, some things just happen, and there's no right. rhyme or reason, and we all go back to the maker in the end kind of thing. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, know. because I happen to know just by reading that book, and I read it, um, you know, 20 years ago, and as of recently, I keep getting reminded to pick the book back up, so I will. But... I've been reminded that when something bad does happen, um, it's just the destiny of that period of time. And that bad situation is about change for the greater good. Could be 20 years from now. Does that make well, sense? True. Well, that and it may just be a lesson that you need to learn at that point. So it, it's, Exactly, and that's included. Like, there's so many factors when something bad happens. Totally agree. Like, for instance, with the 
uh, University of Santa Barbara, you know, California, finally got hit. Oh, no, I think it was the second time we got hit because we got in Santa Monica and then we got in University of Santa Barbara and got one of the school shootings and a couple of people died from it. Is that karma or is that, and this is what the book explains, it's embraced by the light. Is it karma or is it a path that was chosen by design and that that person came into life to have that situation to create change? even though it means somebody's child has to leave. But that's a long story, but if you read the book, Embraced by the Light, you can get the reasons why, including Malcolm, that karma, like Tremia said, karma does come back around. But it just it matters. The situation makes a bigger difference. In Donald Sterling's case, Malcolm, karma comes back around. He has been a nasty son of a gun. Okay, we'll agree to disagree. Um, and he has been a nasty son of a gun. He really has. And um, I don't know if it's karma or just mental illness that's come around with him, actually. <laughs> that's what well, really wait the a second. Is. Well, mental illness might be today. 20 years ago when he was screwing people over with his apartment complexes, I don't know if you can equate that to mental illness. He was just a nasty oh, man. Oh, no, no. What, what he did prior, no, Alzheimer's comes on slowly, you know, a lot of times mm-hmm. when people are getting older. And, um, uh-huh. I no, he, he wasn't mentally ill when he was doing all the bad things he, you know, he's been doing since, you know, the 80s. You know, that's not mental illness. That's just he's a bad guy. Been a bad guy. You know, and... Yeah. When this stuff all came out, you know, of course, the news out in Los Angeles showed a lot of instances where he had screwed over the people in his apartment buildings, and that's been well known. So, you know, they have it on tape, him and his wife doing some things that are just reprehensible. Oh, my God. Yes, that woman is not innocent at all. And, by the way, she was suing V. Stiviano and people. I'm not protecting V. Stiviano. Trust on that. I don't care what well, he did. There are very few innocents. Exactly. However, there's a game that... She's not innocent. She's not innocent at all. However, the wife pretended, you know, she allowed me in. She, she's public at the game. She's on her husband's arm. You know, the wife turns a blind eye, by design, by the way. Don't sleep on these two people. They knew exactly what they were doing. And then when Donald complained, then she's like, I got this. I'm going to sue her for everything, and I'm going to intimidate her because I have the money, the power, and the lawyers. I'll get her out, Donald. Don't worry about it. You're done with her? And they did this prior with another woman. There's legal documents out there where this husband and wife has played this game before. You know, and none of that would surprise me. You have, again, mm-hmm. you have to remember that both him and his wife have been pretty bad people for a long time. So, um, thank you. Right. The fact that they're going to try right. to screw over this girl, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'll do that. Right. Let me bring another caller on. Are you comfortable with uh, me bringing these callers on, Malcolm? Go right ahead, Tracy. Thank you. On the same topic, by the way. Hi, this is Psychic Tracy. Who's this? Hi, Auntie Trey. This is Desi. <laughs> Hi, Desi. <laughs> How Hi. are you? 
I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. How was your birthday, first of all? It was awesome, as they are usually. (laughs) So I enjoyed myself. Thank you. Good. And Malcolm, she said hello, but I cut her off. Oh, well, hello. How are you? Good, good, Malcolm. It's it's great to speak with you all. Um, I just kind of wanted to touch on the prior topic about uh, the racism as far as Donald Sterling goes, and I just wanted to say that, I mean, just because you go on this, this, this I Love Black People tour or whatever mm-hmm. kind of PR he's trying to pander to, like, I'm, I'm kind of confused as to who he's trying to pander to as far as, you know, parading around in the black churches and with his, with his black girlfriend at the, at the restaurants that uh, the, the new black girlfriend. Right, mm-hmm. the new black girlfriend. Like, I'm kind of, oh, mm-hmm. is that little picture of him still hanging out with V. Civiano? Like, did you see that? <laughs> they're, still, they're still hanging out or whatever, even though she exposed, technically, I guess she exposed him, they're still hanging out. So that's a little weird, too. So I don't know if he was meant to be photographed with her or if that's part of the PR situation or what. Well, that's well hold on, Desi. Let's, let's remember mm-hmm. that V, mm-hmm. she has Venus energy. So it's going to be very easy for her to pull Donald Sterling back in. Right. She has, she right. has, she has like the ultimate in, in feminine energy, and okay. he kind of can't resist her. So she's going to screw him over again, and he, she's going to be able to pull him back in again. It's just who she is, and it's how he's made up today. That's how he's made up. So it doesn't surprise me if they've been photographed together. It is what it is. I just kind of want to that's part of the whole PR thing or whatever. He's, again, I, I don't know he's, if he's pandering to a black people and saying, see, I don't dislike you all if he's pandering towards of us. Or is, it like, or is it kind of the league where it's like, I'm not a bad guy. I just made a mistake in saying, like, I'm I'm kind of confused as to what his angle is with this whole thing. And what do you think, Malcolm? Out. What do you think is the whole purpose of him well, his angle is actually very simple. He thinks by making these these forays into the black community that he will show to everybody that he's a really decent guy and we should just drop it and let him be. But what he doesn't get is that his actions, you know, again, show a level of delusion that, you know, he thinks that people are blind or stupid or they forget. I'm not sure what he thinks, but what he's doing is not working. He can't prove to us that he, that, that he loves African-Americans. And the fact that he has a black girlfriend, what does that mean? He likes, to, he likes black girlfriends. I mean, that's all that says. Exactly. <laughs> Good point. Exactly. That's all it means. <laughs> I mean, Debbie, you're actually hilarious because you tweeted something the other day. What did you say? You were like, I guess you need to pay her rent or pay off her student loan. Yeah, that's what you say. I guess she really has to needed to pay or some business she needed to take care of because there's no way in the world as a black woman I would compromise myself and, and, and you know, for a check. Like, this has to be a lot of checks. Like, after all of the negative and nasty things that you have said, all the things that we right. know that you've done to those poor, those poor apartment tenants and whatnot, like, how am I even going to be in your face like that? Like, how how's that even work? Like, if she must have had something due or something, a car note, something, because there's no way in hell I would ever. Ew. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that brings me to another point. Is that something that we as a community need to start, like, standing and taking a stand against? Like, as a community, I'm not, like, going to put down anybody that made that choice. But I'm just saying, should we, and the media and the Internet, you know, all that stuff is allowing us to create stronger bonds, to teach each other, to say to people like the new girl that stepped in, don't do it. Stop. Stay away. Let this man alone. Everybody, everybody of color, just leave this man alone. Leave him to his own devices. You know, I, I, our community tends to forgive way too easily. Does anybody hey. feel the same way? Yes. I mean, look at this no believer thing. Look at that. I mean, really? Like, you... You'll get upset when, you know, your manager calls you the N-word, but then some people does it, and it's like, oh, he didn't mean it. Oh, he's not racist because he has black friends or whatever. But I, my point was, and I said this to you on Twitter, was, okay, so just because you hang with black people, subconsciously you can still think that you're better than them. Mm. Like, I hang with you, but I'm better than you still. You know, right. if I get in trouble, I'm going to blame you you're going to be my scapegoat because I'm better than you, because my white privilege allows me to think that. Hmm. You know, I might not be, I might not hate you, but I think I'm better than you. Does that make sense? And Malcolm, what do you think about what Desi is saying in terms of the very last thing that she said, in terms of someone hanging with someone, and the bottom line is, is that they still come across as if they're better than you? Well, uh She's correct, you know, and with Donald Sterling, he has a long history of, you know, he, he was one of the first owners that hired an African-American general manager. Now, mind you, he spent the whole time ha- with his African-American general manager undercutting him, but, you know, he wants to play this right. elite role, and, and he's been that person his whole life. That's why he would go get this black girlfriend and talk to her, honey, it's okay, you know, you just have to understand you can't be around black people. But she's half black, so it does, it, it's, again, he's, we're talking about a delusional man, so it's kind of hard to make sense of delusion, <laughs> unless you're yeah. delusional as well. Yeah. Okay, and let's go back to another point in terms of D being half black. She tried out for a reality show five years ago where she put blacks down, and it's on video. Is that a surprise? She's She's a young girl trying to make it in Hollywood, and for some people, their race or half of their race is something to be ashamed of. It's a hindrance. It depends. I mean, we have a president whose whose mom was Caucasian and his dad was Nigerian. I'm not sorry, Kenyan. but he doesn't hide from who he is, you know. But there are guys just like him who were brought up the same way, and first thing they, you know, they, they want to distance themselves from their African American heritage. It just right. depends on the individual. Okay, that's right. So I was gonna say there are a lot of there are some there are some people who are like black when it's convenient. If that makes sense, mm. like yes. Um, where because I've seen I think I saw on TMZ where like a she's been Vistiviano Vistiviano I don't know what's her name 
um, has been arrested a few times on, like, other stuff. And, like, in every mugshot description, she's a different race. She's black, and then she's Mexican, and then she's Asian, and then she's something else. So I think it's one of those things where if you can play both sides of the fence based on your phenotype, because people can't really tell what you are, you're black yes. when it's convenient for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Definitely looks like she's played several sides of the point. But I think mm-hmm. she's black and Mexican, and I also think she can pass as Thailand. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She has even a similar color. So you can tell that right. she's kind of played everything at some point to kind of fit in everywhere. And I'm not mad at her. That's her upbringing or that's her exactly. way to get through life. But unfortunately, again, if we can go back to Trumia's statement, Malcolm, and in terms of who believes and who doesn't believe and karma comes back around, even for V, karma's going to come back around, and it wouldn't surprise me if it comes back around in terms of race. And Probably, that just remains to be seen. Um, she doesn't strike me as the, the brightest bulb in the pack, so <laughs> I, I think that will probably be more of a downfall than anything else. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, I think it's completely adorable that she's as dumb as she is. I, 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 I enjoy it. <laughs> and, oh, you like and dumb, I, huh? <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I think dumb is hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's not when you're in the public eye, though. I don't think dumb is it's hilarious when you're in the public eye. Well, Desi, get the hell out of the public eye. She put herself in the public eye. Nobody thrust her in there. She did it. And then she came with total... And she's been trying to do it for a while. And then then I don't think that she's as dumb as she plays either because, I mean, the fact that she brought Oh, Desi, I don't know about that. It's a whole Desi, you can tell when somebody's playing dumb and you can tell when there's a lack of education... You can also tell when there is, a, you know, some form of mental illness, which I think she has a little bit of. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can see crazy, too, huh? Oh, yeah, Malcolm, of course you can see crazy. Like, but here's the thing, intelligence, that's the one thing that she lacks. She lacks intelligence. Now, whether or not she's cunning for a dollar, that's too difficult yeah, I can guess. Yeah. She is coming for a dollar, and she's dumb. I mean, she's so... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Desi, I'm going to put you back on hold. Okay. Um, tweet me when something else comes on, but I'm actually going to bring on an, um, somebody else. Okay, cool. All right. Okay, Any thank you. Mm-hmm. Nice speaking to you, Desi. All right. <laughs> Stay on hold, though, okay? Okay. Hi, Craig. This is Psychic Tracy. How are you? Good afternoon. Thank you for allowing me to be on the show today. Oh, you're quite welcome. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, so you are talking about Donna Sterling. Yes, you're on the line with Malcolm, the ordinary sports political guy. And <laughs> Malcolm, this is Greg. So Hey, you doing, Greg? Pretty good, Malcolm. Pretty good, Malcolm. Um, here's my thoughts on Donna Sterling fiasco, the whole situation. Black mm-hmm. America takes another L. 
And the reason why is because he wins. Dollar Sturdy gets his $2 billion. In the meantime, black folks ain't building anything within the community. Mm. And that's what I'm looking at, that aspect, is that we so focused on what white people think about us that we still ain't done what uh, Malcolm X told us to do 40 years ago, which was legally start building on black enterprise, uh, you know, focusing on black empowerment. We're not doing that. We are, we're focused on trying to please the white man. We're focused on trying to get along with him. And the moment that, that the papers try to protest, they decided to play. Again, that's another L. We become cowards of a people in this country because we're so focused on worrying about what other people think about us by engaging in materialism, by buying things from, from our oppressors and trying to submit to the oppressors instead of focusing on group economics, building them for ourselves, teaching our children the right things, you know, men taking the lead and building our women up and telling and reminding them how they're first. They're our jewels. But now you've got things that are just totally going backwards for us right now. And I'm just looking at it from that aspect as far as Donald Sterling wins and we lose. And that's what I'm taking from that situation. Well, none of that is, comple- none of that is completely wrong. Uh, in this situation, however, you know, the this is a country that is, is built on money, and Donald Sterling is one of those who has money. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of African Americans do not have money. There are some that do, and some that do help empower other African Americans, And but there are plenty that do nothing to help empower other African Americans. And that's just one of the, the, the sad tenets of capitalism that we are living with. It's just unfortunate. Uh, Absolutely. This Donald Sterling uh, problem that we have here, this is, I don't know how else to put it, the league wants him gone. He wants to stay, and I don't know. He should just he should take the money and go because the league is not going to let him stay and play with them any longer. The game is over, and eventually the league is going to win this. There's no way that Donald okay. Sterling will be an owner in this league past his past, past, past today. Past today. <laughs> past this yesterday. Past today. And he cannot be an owner in the league. Mm-hmm. Well, because he he runs the risk of ruining ruining the the money for the rest of the league, and the league just cannot allow that to happen ever. Mm-hmm. So, right. that's Donald Sterling. They're not going to ever ever let him back in the club. He's mm-hmm. done. It's a matter of time, but he's done. Malcolm, Jesse's. Uh, uh, tweeting me as you're talking, and she stated something that you have said before, very similar, which is Sterling is too dangerous to have around because he could potentially, potentially bring the league down from inside. Yes, well, that's why the league wants to get rid. That's why uh, Commissioner Silver acted so quickly. They realized very early on that potentially he's going to ruin. He's going. He's going to be the guy who kills the golden goose, and they can't let that happen because all these other owners, they're in it to make money. How do you think they can afford to pay LeBron James the money that he's making or Kobe Bryant the money that he's making because they're making so much more? They can't allow him to mess this up, and mm-hmm. which means that Donald Sterling has got to go. 
He can't mm-hmm. he can't be part of this club any longer. Period. Yeah. I agree. There's no way he's gonna be back in the league by any means. No. Um The I only agree problem that the league has the only problem that the league has is that the timeline that this is gonna happen because you know, if he fights it, yes, he can prolong this. He can make this bad for the league and you know, if he goes in the next season with any type of ownership stake in the, the Los Angeles Clippers, you're going to have mm-hmm. a whole team that may not want to play for him. You might have a coach that may not want to coach for him. You might have other teams in the league that may not want to play against this team. And it, it, it would create problems across the board for the league. And, and, again, the league can't have this. So they're trying to do this as quickly as possible and get this man gone, have a new ownership in place and start the next season fresh because, again, it's all about the money. It's not about anything other than that. Yep. Money makes the world go round. And Black America better wake up. It's unfortunate, but it's unfortunate. I mean, lack of money means you have. I think I hear what you're trying to say, Greg, and, and, and I think what you're trying to say, Greg, is like powerful and yet big and yet how do we get there as opposed to talking about Donald Sterling and how people can talk about blacks and get away with it. Because the other thing that Desi um, tweeted was people can say anything about blacks and blacks, we are okay with it. What if Donald Sterling had said something about Jews? It would have been, I mean, I'm grateful for the NBA that they took the stand that they did and they're fighting really hard. Like, I'm actually, like, very proud of the NBA. But mm-hmm. what if it had been about the Jews? Like, you can't say anything bad about the Jews. So oh, no, would have been ten times. It would have been ten times worse. You better not say anything about Jewish people or else you're going to pay the ultimate price. And we need to build that same type of reputation. But yet and still, we got African-Americans cooning for white people because they're trying to win their approval. You got people basically saying, oh, we need to forgive Donald Sterling. We need to forgive uh, every white person that insulted us since Obama been in office. Oh, yes. White supremacy has gotten very much emboldened, and it's going to get worse. That's why uh, Cuban, the owner of the Dallas, may have become the way he did. Insulting the legacy of Trayvon. Go ahead. No, no, no. But here's my point, not to get off topic, because I think what you're saying is going to wind up so, like, expansive and so huge. And you and I will have the potential of saying something bad, and I don't want that to happen. So if you say focus on Donald Sterling and his antics, um, I think it's a safe place today. However, and I think what you're trying to say, however, is we need to find a core place and a solution where we all can come together. And I think it's going to come via the Internet where change mm-hmm. can occur. Because you've got to remember, Craig, when we had the Million Man March and all the men went to Washington, and I'm not putting anybody down, I'm not sure what came out of that. I was kind of disappointed in all the men. What came mm-hmm. out of that? So in order for, and I hear your rhetoric, but in order for us to even begin, like, this is not the place to begin it because potentially somebody could say something wrong, just like Donald Sterling did, and I don't want to invite that, you know, right. here. However, we can maybe begin discussing um, what I, me, me, 
as an individual can do to participate. So does that mean that some of us should join the NAACP, which I really don't agree about, but I think that's a corrupt <laughs> place. Um, but Al Sharpton has his movement, kind of like Al Sharpton, because I like his loud mouth and I like his, you know, ability not to have any fear. But we have to have a core place where we can have these conversations and people might get mad at me for this, but this I don't care about. The church is not the place for us to come together anymore. I agree. I agree. So if we today if we stay focused on Donald Sterling and his antics and the NBA and how they're going to, you know, potentially work this out, I just think it's a safe place to kind of stay within that boundaries, if you don't mind. <laughs> and that's for you, that's for me. <laughs> so with that being said, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I just, you know, that's why I moderate because I can keep everything contained. <laughs> but with that being said, um, when we were talking about if Donald Sterling has said anything about the Jews with some safe language, this would have been ten times worse. And, by the way, he has the potential of saying something much worse because, Malcolm, if you can agree with me, nobody's policing this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, Are first off, Donald Trump is a Jew, so. <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh, I didn't know so, that. You didn't, huh? <laughs> so he's not going to say anything bad against him. <laughs> Now, mind uh, you, the Jews might not want to claim him at this point, but he's 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 of Jewish heritage, and oh, I didn't know um, that. <laughs> oh yeah, so he won't be speaking about the Jews. <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee you on that one. No, but that's another story. <laughs> Especially when he changed his name back in the fifties. He changed his name. He changed his name because he wanted to appeal. Um, to a broader base, and I'll just leave it at that. Having the Jewish name oh, coming out of the 1950s, uh, coming out of World War II was not very popular, so a lot of Jewish changed his name, including he, including himself. Wow. That's not uncommon, by the way, back in the day. That was not uncommon. No, it's not. It, that's part of, the history, part of the history of this country is people come over here and they – want to blend in, so they change their names. It happens across races. So, I mean, it's... That's uh, right. I don't have a problem with them doing that. Right, right. I know I'm from Staten Island, New York, and some Italians, when they came through, sometimes it wasn't even by design. When they came through, um, what is it? Oh, God. Ellis Island. Thank you. Ellis Island. Thank you. Ellis Island. You think I would know that because it's right next to Staten Island. Um, some of the names were hard to pronounce, and then, you know, they shortened it. They were like, well, this is your new name. Next. Which makes it, uh, I mean, I work in an office with a, a wide variety of people, and we have some recent Asian immigrants in there who've changed their names and, and you know, because of my position, I get to see their full name, but oh. their name, you know, they'll shorten it to something like Dave or Vic, you know, <laughs> or or Judy, you know, so they can be easily identified, you know, because their their real name is a little hard to pronounce. Yes, yes. And are they mature, by the way? Are they like 
45 plus, these particular women, because I'm finding nowadays that no one's changing their names. Like, they're, well, they're, we, they're we coming over. Well, you know, because I work for a government agency, and we have a variety of people. And some are young, some are old. But some some people change their names, some don't. Personally, I don't question right. them as to why they do it. You know, if you want me to call you Bob, I'll call you Bob. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Whatever mm-hmm. Your boat, whatever makes it easier for you, I, I'm okay with. Okay, guys, I'm going to change the subject if you don't mind, and see. Cause, um, I'm I'm very. Uh, I don't have enough knowledge in this, but Eric Cantor. Yeah, uh, Eric Cantor. <laughs> took this. It's an. It's he was the House Majority with, Leader up, up until Tuesday. <laughs> Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he ran a campaign. The problem that, that Eric, that, that, that Tom Cantor had, uh, he ran a campaign against uh, another gentleman, the other guy, Eric Cantor, I'm sorry. He ran a campaign against another gentleman whose name is, I got it right here, uh, Dave Brett. Dave right, Brad yeah. is a Tea Party guy, and he's a professor at the local university. And mm-hmm. what Dave Brad did was he did more of a uh, house-to-house campaign where he went around the community, talked to people, whereas Eric Cantor's campaign was based on big money and television and telling the people what he, want, he thought they wanted to hear. And mm. He resoundingly lost his position, which he was he was being groomed to take over uh, Banner's position. I know. But mm-hmm. he was the you know so this guy here he is the House Majority Leader. This this kind of has never happened before. Where no, they said I read not since eighteen ninety nine. Right. Well, okay. It's a long time. Long time. <laughs> so. People don't, you know, people in his position, they don't lose the election, but he ran, you know, he missed, well, I don't know, because, you know, the polls were saying that he was going to have a resounding victory, and I guess he believed what they were telling him, and it turned out just the opposite. So the the Republican Party right now is kind of reeling behind this because you have a, a lot of people sitting in positions now. We just had this primary, but... The general election is going to come in November, and there are people scared because, you know, you have a Republican Party that has this minority in it called the Tea Party, and the Tea Party has been the tail wagging the dog for the last several years. Yes. If I'm a little confused. Like this, what are you confused about? Well, before I tell you what I'm confused about, Greg, do you have any opinion here? Well, I just think that uh, Virginia is uh, going through a change of demographics uh, rapidly. I think that the Tea Party um, influence is great, but I think the black vote had a lot to do with it because a lot of people are not happy with Eric Cantor and how he's, um, you know, has to handle certain situations and uh, in regards to uh, immigration, you know, you know, various things that's pertaining to the people in Virginia. I think I think a variety of things play the role in him losing. Um, the big issue is going to come, what happens in November, uh, is Virginia going to be able to pick up a strong Democratic candidate to, off, to defeat the Tea Party? Or are we going to see, really see a Tea Party reemergence, like we did in 2012, where they just pretty much took over the House, 
and almost took over the Senate. Um, and this just has really a lot of implications to 2016. Say, for instance, you know, you have a Tea Party Congress, a Tea Party Senate, and then you have Hillary Clinton winning. <laughs> that would be an interesting dynamic. How would this country be able to function with that happening? So I'm looking at all of these um, potentials of what could happen and how it may play into the future. Time will tell. So, so yes, sir. I'm a little, I'm a little confused <laughs> because Eric Cantor lost while he was in his position, and that in itself is a surprise to everyone. I do understand that he spent like a, uh, a lot of money, um, something like um, something up to a million, and then. Brad only spent $122,000, um, but he wow. did have the Tea Party backing him. Yeah, so there's a big difference. It seems like the tortoise and the hare to me. If I just throw it back into layman terms where I can understand it, and I would think that there's people out there like me, so that's why I'm kind of playing this position. My part, I don't really get why everybody's upset, though. Are they upset because this underdog professor came along and potentially the Democrats could win during the election? I'm not sure really what, like, why are they so upset? I think the Republican establishment is afraid um, because if you let this Tea Party candidate actually win, then you re- the Republicans are really going to have an issue on their hands on trying to brand itself as a move along as years come by. The Republicans yeah, so have a problem if the Tea Party wins. Like, yeah, does the Tea Party, the Tea Party's not a part of the Republicans. It's a separate entity. That's a, that's a difference between the establishment Republicans uh, uh, the, and the Tea Party. The Tea Party is the extremist uh, version of the Republican Party. Uh, the establishment is more so moderate, uh, which we have back in the nineties. Uh, Malcolm, can you chime in, uh, chime in on it? Well. You're you're absolutely correct. It's uh, the Tea Party is a fringe group, far far to the right, and what the the establishment Republicans are afraid of is that if they're able to take over, they will push their party so far to the right that they will no longer be electable in general elections. You know, especially when it comes to major races like the presidency, because I think the majority of the country is actually moderate, and they're, they're willing, they might lean one way or lean the other way, but they're not leaning all the way to the side. So any fringe person like a, like a hardcore liberal is not going to go too far. Just like, you know, a hardcore uh, right-wing person is not going to go too far as far as the, the whole country goes. Now, in, in certain communities, that might play well. You know, if you live in this small community and you've got this far right-wing guy, yeah, he can get elected. But on a national stage, it's going to be a, become a problem for them. And that's what the Republican establishment is scared of, because if they, they have all these fringe guys on their team, it's going to be hard for them to win big elections. And, you know, ultimately, they want all the power. Right. So we, okay. So the Republicans are scared. The Republicans are scared. The Democrats are actually pretty thrilled about this, because one in knocks out one of their major players on their side and so they're going into a general election, which is going to happen in November. And had Cantor won, the Democrats pretty much concede that seat. Now that this other guy wins, the Democrats are saying, well, maybe we have a chance here. 
Oh. Right. Now, mind you, the district is actually pretty right wing, so, you know, time will tell on that one. You know, the, the election happens in November. We got, what, four months? <laughs> yeah. And, I uh, get it. <laughs> it's 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 interesting down there, that's for sure. It's, it's definitely going to play out in four months. We're definitely going to tell what direction this country is going to go within the next few years. I think for the Democrats, I think they're just kind of mm-hmm. sitting around waiting for the next 10 years on when the uh, demographics change in Texas, uh, places like Florida, when the uh, Hispanics, uh, you know, pretty much take over uh, as far as the population is concerned. Once those southern states begin to change the uh, demographics, then you're really going to see a reemergence of the liberal uh, agenda. Until then, we're going to have the stagnation between the Tea Party and the Republicans in fighting civil war. And so we're just kind of waiting on the fringes right now for that to play out, in my opinion. And that's what you and I had a discussion about um, Hispanics uh, moving more into politics and taking over a lot more of um, positions and that we couldn't possibly change the demographics. Did we ever have a discussion about that? Because that sounded familiar when Craig brought it up just now. Have we ever had a private discussion on this or a public discussion? No, a prior <laughs> discussion. Uh, we may have. Uh, the thing is that ultimately the Hispanics, at least in the southern states and the, the western states, are going to be the majority. Uh, one of the problems that we have in the country as a whole is we have voter apathy. People don't want to vote. If everybody yeah. voted, a lot of things probably would change anyway. But unfortunately, right. this last election, what did we get? We got, what, 18%? Of the people voted, right? It, it's you know as long as, as as long as the the powers that be convince you know kind of convince the people not to vote or scare them out of it, you know we will have the games are going to stay the same. Pretty so much. if I had any suggestion for everybody, go out and vote. Whenever there's election, vote. Doesn't matter what yeah. you vote for, just vote. Because <laughs> if they ever got 100 yeah. percent participation, pretty much everybody be shaking in their boots. Because they're like, oh, no, we don't want that. We want apathy. Apathy wow. sells. Wow. Well, I had one last discussion, Malcolm, and I think I'm going to talk about it real quick for everybody who's waiting for their uh, psychic readings. Um, and that's that young gentleman that uh, disappeared was it in Iraq or Afghanistan? Again, I apologize if I don't know the difference. I'm just tired. And um, what's his name? Do you know his name, Malcolm? What? You talking the about the, the prisoner of war? Yes. Oh. Bergdahl. What's his name? Bergdahl. Bergdahl. Um, he's literally on U.S. ground. He's here now. Yes. He has not spoken to his parents as of yet. Well, you have to understand part, you know, first of all, this guy was, in, you know, he was in the U.S. military, he was a prisoner of war. Um, mm-hmm. The way the U.S. military works, he's not going to speak to too many people for, for a minute. Now, mind you, at a certain point, if they, felt, if they feel that he is, quote, unquote, hero, 
they will bring his family out. They'll try them out. They'll do all the, the photos, shoots, and everybody will be happy. If they think that he's some kind of criminal or, or that he did some things that are in not in the interest of the United States, they will keep him away from everybody before they try him and put him in jail. However, he, according to the news media, he is allowed to reach out to his parents. He has chosen not to. And the other part of this is, I don't know if you've heard the report, they said when they, they got to him, his ability to speak English has kind of gone away. So I don't know how that happens. You know, I've never been a prisoner of war, so uh, obviously there's some problems there, probably mentally and physically. So maybe he hasn't done it because he's not quite there in his head, if that makes sense. Okay. Sure it does. Yeah. And that's not that I have pity for him. I just could understand that particular state of mind, state of being, being incapacitated. Not being embarrassed, Malcolm? That doesn't resonate somehow? Like, do you think there's a little shame or embarrassment as well? Well, and again, I'm not in his shoes, but um, having been a prisoner for as long as he was a prisoner, and I'm pretty sure the conditions were pretty horrid. Um, mm. I don't know if embarrassment plays a, plays a role here because, you know, when you've been treated as the worst of the worst for a long time, are you really embarrassed or are you just trying to recover? Mm. You know, so I don't know what state of mind, but I don't think embarrassment is part of the game at this point. And, Craig, what's your opinion in, in terms of this prisoner of war and him not um, reaching out to his parents as well? I really haven't really followed that much in this story. I don't find okay. it quite surprising that he's not reaching out because, I mean, like uh, Malcolm said, he's been prisoner of war. He, he's lost his ability to speak English. Um, he's been in worse conditions. Um, and so uh, we don't know the whole story. We only, tell, we only know what the media is telling us. We really don't know what's the background story. So I'm, I'm not really sure how to feel about the situation yet. Well, I think that's fair to say. I think it's still unraveling. And as time goes on, I'm looking at Desi's text, and she says he may be suffering from some form of post-traumatic stress. What do you think, Malcolm? Oh, that yeah. sounds reasonable. Oh, he's that definitely right? suffering from some post-traumatic stress, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was held captive for five years, and you, can't, you can only imagine what they did to this man during that period of time. It's, you know, when they speak about hell on earth, he probably has been through it. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, Greg, um, I'm going to release you unless you want to stay on the line. What do you want to do? I'm going to stay on the line. Okay, sounds good. Stay, stay on the line, and I'm going to put you on hold. Malcolm, thank you so much. Not a problem, Tracy. You have a wonderful day. Enjoy your show. Thank you. And I guess we'll thank speak you. again soon. Thank you so much. Okay, have a good day. You too. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Hi, Tamia. Hi. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm good. Love the show. Very, very interesting topics. Great conversation. Oh, thank you so much. I worry, you know, about the flow and how people feel about it, so... 
you know, thank you for saying that, you know, you liked it. It, it makes a big difference in terms of how it progresses. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So with that being said, do you have a question? I certainly do. Um, Go for I it. I would like to ask my, uh, my guides and my angels for clarity about a friend of mine named Holly. I just, I just don't know what to do with her and that friendship. So oh. it's been up in the air and on my mind, so I just need some answers. Okay, give me one second. Um, mm-hmm. First, let me tell you, I'm definitely going to check into it, but sometimes I have to shuffle the cards, right? And okay. when I shuffle, even in shuffling the cards, they give me an answer. So I just went to shuffle it, and half went the other way, and half stayed, stayed right side up. So mm-hmm. has it been topsy-turvy, this relationship, for quite some time? Um, emotionally, yes. Okay. Which, and when I say topsy-turvy, what I'm really saying is, hold on. What I'm really saying is, has it, like, it goes normal and then it goes awry. And then it comes back again and it seems normal and then it goes awry. Have you guys experienced that type of feeling? Um, no. Uh, I knew what her life was like, but I still... Um, I still accepted her friendship anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, which I try to do. You know, a thousand people can tell me something about one person and how horrible they are, but I base my experiences on my own. So, give it to me. Uh, give Give me the question one more time. Um, I just would like to know if my angels and guides can give me some clarity about the relationship. If it's something that I should stick with or something to just let go of. Um, oh dear. Um, well, okay. How long has this friendship been going on? Over a year. Oh, so it's it's fairly new. Let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what I'm getting here, so I'm just going to start talking. Um, okay. I'm getting a lot of pain. I'm not sure if that's relationship pain or if she has a lot of pain. All right? And I'm mm-hmm. getting pain from three different sources. It feels really, really bad. Like it's hard to mm-hmm. recover from this type of pain. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting that she is technically a hard worker, technically, but it's backbreaking or or, or or physical, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm also getting my judgment card. So mm-hmm. hold on a second. I'm also getting, hold on. I'm also getting my judgment card. So, mm-hmm. and, and it's an odd card to show up with all this pain and all this hard work, right? And I'm getting. I know why it's there, though. You do. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm getting conflict with the pain, with the judgment. All right? And mm-hmm. yet I get the star card. The star card, a cross in the judgment, usually means in terms of, like, your question, in terms of how the placement of the card, it usually means don't look at me. Don't, don't look at me. Either don't look at me that way or don't look at me. Don't look mm-hmm. at me that way. 
Like, I'm mm-hmm. better than this. Don't look at me that way. And yes, the pain is, it, like, she's carrying, like, so much pain that it's kind of like, okay, you don't want me to look at you that way, but you're kind of exhuming this. I'm not supposed to look at you? Like, what is, like you're sending me a double message here. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I also get a sense of I need to go. I need to escape. I need to go. I can't. I need to hide. Mm. I need to go. I need to walk away. I need to hide. Um, and I feel like the only way that she's going to go walk away or hide is to a couple of things, is to relocate, is to relocate, you know, become a different person, change her name. You know, there's just something. Yeah. Wow. Now, with with all that being said, what crowns this is the devil card. And there's so many factors in your question and the cards that that are here that, you know, it's sex-related, um, it's exposure, it's exposure. Because one of the things, you know, with the devil card is that he cut his legs wide open, you know, and it's like it feels sexual. Is it? No, no. She, she actually, I met her through a guy that I was dating. They, were, they had been best friends for like two decades. Oh. Oh. And um, she is, she's got a heart of gold. That's where my turmoil comes in. She's not a malicious mm-hmm. person, but she's mm-hmm. got a lot of mental issues and a lot of drama going on in her life. And mm-hmm. I still stuck with her. When I, when I first met her, she was going through something. And she's pretty much been that way the whole time I've known her. But I've never, mm-hmm. like, turned my back on her or criticized her or anything. But yes. Uh, over the course, I've had a lot of questions about a lot of things that she said and done, and I mm-hmm. grapple with that because I think, like I told you before, I'm a very to-the-point type of person and very mm-hmm. honest and blunt, and I feel like mm-hmm. I can't be that way with her because I don't think that she would be able to handle it mentally. Mm-hmm. And she's been wanting me to relocate and come and stay with her and her sister. Yeah. We're all entrepreneurs and trying to start businesses. And yeah. I'm thinking that where she is is a good um, a good potential for a great business, but I don't mm-hmm. I can't be I don't think I can be in her circle because she's got too much drama going on and I am not a drama person. So I don't and want is to she say in anything. An... Well, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at the cause. Is, is she in another state when you say she wants yeah, to relocate? She's in Atlanta in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where are you coming from? I'm coming from the East Coast, from the uh, Philadelphia area. Okay. And I can respect, because Atlanta stays booming, by the way. Atlanta is Mm -hmm. a state, Atlanta is a city that stays booming. So I can respect that there's a business entrepreneurship that you can create down there. I get that Mm -hmm. for you. I would question your partnership needs, like, do you mm-hmm. need a partner? I, I, don't, I, question... I don't. Okay. No, I don't need a partner for my business. I think we, okay. she, well, she's actually, she wants to start, she's been shopping around a reality television show, and I oh, also God. write. 
so she kind of asked me to go in on it with her, and it's an excellent concept. And according to her, a production company has gotten in touch with her because they're interested. But the way that she wants to handle it, I don't think it's going to work. I don't think she's strong enough to handle that type of world, and I don't like the subject matter because I think it's exploitive. It's pretty much what's out there now, so that's why I'm not interested. But I don't know how to tell it. Okay. That brings me to another point. In terms of this reality show, what's the Mm -hmm. potential for sex exposure, sexuality? Uh, Well, it's it's about interracial dating. Oh, there you go. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, hmm. And in terms of a writer, you would have some writing opportunities if you paired up with her for this show, mm-hmm. which means you should mm-hmm. have some ownership. You should have some ownership in this show, by the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I got the star card. It totally makes sense now. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I. Oh, okay. Listen. Ah, listen. James you know, it's it's almost making me speechless, and I'll tell you why. Because you should have every opportunity to be successful. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what you should have. Um, and I want that for you. She's so crazy that this is bound for failure. That's it's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I haven't said it out loud, but that's what I'm thinking. But I'm also uh, like, why should she stop you from your potential success, though? Um, because well, she she won't. I'm going to do what I set out to do because my own business is totally away from that. I'm, I'm in the holistic business, but we all both of us date interracially, so that's where the idea came from. But her concept mm-hmm. is basically, you know, to have cameras follow um, women of color who date interracially. And then you get to, you know, you get to see the outcome. But what I need to explain to her is that I'm not interested in that concept because that's pretty much what's on reality TV now, and that's what I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in being exploited. Um, I'm not interested mm-hmm. in exploiting the race. I'm interested in helping people. So I don't want to work my issues out on camera. That's something that you do with your partner or with a professional. Um, I would does rather be groundbreaking. Yeah. Does it have to do with travel? I'm sorry? Does it have something to do with travel, overseas travel? Uh, <laughs> I love to travel. I do. I have traveled for my career because I'm in the healthcare career uh, business. And no, I, I mean, literally, issue. her concept, does it have to do with travel? Because there's uh, a, uh, okay, oh, I, this idea, by the way, is probably already being done today in terms of interracial, because mm-hmm. there's a travel company, Black Girl Travels or something like that, mm-hmm. um, that is pulling African-American girls together. By the way, talk about, you know, races, they're only mm-hmm. looking for really, really dark girls. Mm, I've heard about that, yeah. Right? You heard about that. Like, who are you? Like, so Carmel complected or, you know, 
just under Carmel Complexion or brown. Right. Like, it's just, it's I, I wouldn't racism. be able to go. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's a racism. Like, I wouldn't be able to go. Like, who are you all of a sudden? Even you're making me feel bad because now I'm not black enough? Like, this is crazy. Right. This is crazy. In any case, tell your friend it's already being done. <laughs> and <laughs> and for you, for you, listen, I believe that you have great potential. And I want you to stay in that path of knowing. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really afraid for you to partner up with her because yeah. this gets this gets ugly to the point where, and you don't have to believe me because I think she's going to move forward with this anyway, but to the point where they're going to show some graphic scenes in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, the, the romance. Mm-hmm. It's deplorable. Okay. It's deplorable. Like, like she, she, she's going to be down for anything is what I'm trying to say. That's based, yeah. She, she pretty much explained that when she pitched what, what she wanted to do. And mm-hmm. she was like, well, basically, you can work out your issues for a paycheck. And I'm like, that's the problem no. now. Everybody no. is working out their issues on national television, and they're not looking good. You know, they're just signing their life away for a paycheck. I don't work that right. way. I, I right. work with a purpose, and I work to, her, to help other people. And if I, if I garner a paycheck from that, that's an added bonus. That's an added blessing. But that's not what mm-hmm. I'm setting out to do. And I don't <laughs> think she gets that. But more so, I think because of her um, instability, I don't think she would be able to handle that type of world anyway. But I don't think she Oh. Without a doubt. I get the three of swords, and she's going to have daggers coming at her from every mm-hmm. which way, mm-hmm. including including whatever visual goes on. Like, people are going to say, you're no Shonda Rhimes. Sit down. Right. Right. You know what I yep. mean? Because it's going yeah. to get graphic. I can guarantee it's going to get graphic. To the point where she's going to, like, I don't know if she's suicidal, if she's, you know. Yes, you hit the nail on the head. That's why I'm not able to talk to her in the way that I need to. I'm afraid of that. Right. Here, let me tell you this much. You're a smart girl. You already know. I'm only validating what you know. This is a train wreck waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. Waiting, Mm -hmm. without a doubt. This yeah. is not a business partnership you need to enter into. By the way, mm-hmm. let me then also warn you that if it's a business partner, if this is a business partner, are you okay? <laughs> Keep hearing with me. <laughs> if this is a business partner that you enter into, you're going to the. Uh, even no, I'm sorry. Even if this is a business partnership that you do not enter into, mm-hmm. she's still gonna, she's still going to rear her ugly head. Yeah, yeah. She's just yeah. ugly, and ugly meaning maybe a little bipolar. Not a little. Did <laughs> you nail that one okay. too? <laughs> okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. So here's my model. My model is when crazy shows up. Get across the street, bolt, lock the door. Yeah. 
lock the door, get out. Crazy just gets crazier. And at some point, crazy makes you think you're crazy. See, we're not having that. (laughs) We are not having any of that. Thank you. Okay. Hold on a second. I'm going to have to have a talk with her regardless. In any case, let me let me pull you away. I hope you got the answers that you needed. I did. Thank you. Thank you, honey. Um, and are you on Twitter? I'm sorry? Are you on Twitter? Uh, very rarely, but I'm on there. Okay. Well, just join me on uh, Twitter. Just join me and then... You know, I love Twitter because it gives us the opportunity to have instant conversations. Okay. All right. And I'm at the Pop Culture Psychic. Okay. I will do and that. Psychic, psychic is spelled P-S-Y-C-K. All right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Oh, wait a second. Oh, I didn't write your talk from the dial. Okay. So get going. Take it easy. And thank you so much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Desi, you're back on the line. Hi. (laughs) I was having some issues with my phone, but I'm 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 better now. I'm still getting used to this new phone I have, so I apologize if any weirdness happens while we're talking. (laughs) Okay, but when you were talking earlier, I wanted to say that I'm like, this is not a good connection. And you sound no. perfect now. <laughs> I don't even know what that's about, but okay. <laughs> but, it, you know, um, Mercury's in retrograde, so nothing should work, actually. Mer- Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> that includes your phone. What did you oh, think gosh. of the discussion as well earlier? What did you think of Malcolm and then Craig chiming in and then you participating? I liked it. I thought it was really, really great. Uh, a really good dialogue and with with awesome informed people, so <laughs> yeah, thank I really you. liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you have a question? I have a celebrity question, actually. Go for um, it. Go for it. Okay, I've been wanting to ask you about Rob Kardashian for the longest time. <laughs> yeah. And what the hell is going on with Rob Kardashian? Because something isn't right, and I also wanted to know why he left his sister's wedding right before it happened? Like, did they get into something or – because he wasn't there. He was there, and then it was like like pictures of Rob going to the airport to go. And then – right. And he left crying at the airport is what we saw. I'm actually going to check that more than what's wrong with him. I'm going to check and see what the hell happened at the wedding. Right. Uh, By the way, not that anybody cared – None of the girls Mm -hmm. cared. You know, they're like, oh, there goes Rob again. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Exactly. They're the coldest bunch of bitches I've ever met. Uh, Listen, if they're, I told you, with Pimp Mama Chris, I really feel like if you're not making any money on the whole stroll, then you fall by the wayside, basically. Like, she doesn't care. If you're not making the family money, forget it. Well, you know, in terms of making the family money, 
It's up to Chris. Chris is the one that's masterminded every little detail of mm-hmm. it. She's just not vested in the boy. Right, because he's not he's not bankable. Like, you know, can't take off his right. clothes and be and, and the women aren't screaming for him and you know, there's mm-hmm. there's no niche for him. Mhm. Okay, so let me let me tell you what I'm getting. First of mm-hmm. all, I'm getting the Knight of Swords, right? The Knight of Swords mm-hmm. is one of those uh cards that's verbal. It's a verbal card. It's one of those cards where he kind of sticks it to them constantly. He sticks it to the girls. <laughs> Not that he argues with them, but he's, he might be like, you're a dumbass. Like, he, he sticks it to them, right? Right. And he's been doing that from childhood. Like, he's been trying to get to all the girls, and they kind of ignore him. So the only way he can do it is by, like, using his mouth. And he does, he does say hurtful things. This is what I'm getting from the cards. He does say hurtful things because he's kind of like, don't ignore me, and if you do, I'm going to tell you you're a dumb bitch, like that kind of stuff, right? Right. But, but he says hurtful things, which means he has details that nobody else has, and so when he says something, they're kind of like, I'm going to kill you. Do you understand? Oh gosh. Yes. And this has been going on since childhood, okay? Mm-hmm. So he's trying to find the balance in his family. He's trying to find, am I a girl or am I a guy? You know, I want to, I, I have to tell you, and I'm not going to mean it this way, I want to be a girl, but I'm a guy. He doesn't want to be a girl. He just knows that his penis takes him away from attention. That's been like that since he's been a child. Right. Now, what crosses all of this is the emperor. Mm. So when his dad died, it was like he was truly all alone. And I don't know if if, if counseling or, like, when his dad died, like, mm-hmm. half of him went with his dad. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So um, it doesn't have I anything think... to do with, do you think that maybe he, that's where the root of his issues might them from, yes. I mean, because I remember we were talking yes. and, and you were saying that perhaps his previous relationship, not the one with Rita Ora, but the other girl, the cheetah girl chick, yes. might have damaged him some, but I don't know. This might remember be the, the, the heart of it. Here's the thing. Remember the cheetah, the cheetah girl? Mm-hmm. She, although... I remember the episode when she finally met Kim Kardashian's family and she realized how crazy they were. She's mm-hmm. like them. She's exactly like them. Wow. She's flamboyant. She's out there. She needs to be, you know, showcased. I respect, I remember that episode because I, re, I remember thinking she was like, these people are clowns. These girls are horrible and they're clowns. She might come from a better structured family, but her as an individual, mm-hmm. she's exactly like the Kardashians, trust. Wow. So he was drawn to the very same thing that's been living under his roof. That's And so when crazy. that fell apart, it just reminded him of the rejection that he felt in his own family. Family. Yeah, it wasn't like this girl, you know, broke up with me. He chose a girl that was exactly like his crazy sister. And so when it, when she rejected him, it was 
like it was I think it was the beginning of his psychological downfall, first of all. I see. He was I think he was done from that point. And since then he hasn't been making healthy choices. He needs a nice, quiet, nerdy girl. That's what he needs. He needs somebody hmm. that's studying chemistry. He needs somebody that's studying <laughs> bio bio <laughs> Bio-nuclear, electronic. He needs somebody that's got her eye in a microscope. But his familiar, what's familiar to him is flashy mm-hmm. girls with big butts and flashy clothing and, you know, Louis Vuitton shoes. That's what's familiar to him. That's what he's right. drawn to. So with that being said, the other thing that has compromised his self-esteem um, has been the show. Mm. He can't escape. Where, where does he go? So they, they don't showcase him, and when when he does get showcased, it's in a bad light. Or TMZ might be like, you know, Rob Kardashian got really fat. Like, like the the internet, the reality show. It's it's been his personal demise. The girls are flourishing, not him. Um, but his his regret is having a penis. I'm telling you, something something's not right. It wouldn't even surprise me if we wake up one day and him and Bruce Jenner both are wearing girls' clothes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh no! I got a headache from that. Oh, I don't think I don't it's. Not, but you know, I don't think it's so much sexual confusion. I think it's like no, no, it really isn't. I'm women, joking. It really isn't. No, I I understand, but it's like the women control thing. In that yes. family, it's a very matriarchal structure they have going on, because he doesn't have a male figure. Remember, I asked you, I was like, yes. does he have like a a play cousin or somebody, a, a like a male no. somewhere? No. Oh, wow, that's really messed up. <laughs> I don't know where his male energy is, but then he picks the one male energy that's completely dysfunctioned, and that's Lamar Odom. Oh God. Don't you remember? Oh. I, I have to stop watching the show because it's just getting on my nerves. But I was yeah. watching it when she was dating Chris, uh, that other guy, Chris, when she was married to him. And remember mm-hmm. Chris was another one that had a sharp tongue. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes, and I do. Rob <laughs> loved it. Rob loved it when Chris came on with that sharp tongue. Absolutely loved it. Like he would sit back and go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> okay, but well, didn't Scott Disick have a, a sharp tongue at one point? Him and Chloe used mm. to go at it all the time, and then it just kind of faded out. And now they're the best you, of friends or whatever. But how many seasons did they fight Scott tooth and nail? The good thing about Scott is Scott is so stupid, he wouldn't <laughs> let them take his manhood away. Like, he's so ignorant that it was like, screw you. <laughs> That's so true. He, nothing penetrated Scott, if you notice that. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't affect him. His own girlfriend didn't affect him. He stayed in it, right. and she was like, get the fuck out. Right. <laughs> and then, remember, he's, when I say stupid, I'm being mean. I'm being really mean. But so I understand. So, I understand. Yeah. But remember, at some point, he then created this persona with this cane and his top hat 
and, you know, he started walking around and got like uh, a, a Maybach or whatever. Do you remember that he had created this whole, and even got a sponsorship for something that he was doing, I don't know, for the cane or the top hat or whatever. Even got a sponsorship for his, you know, in terms of like his style of dressing. Mm-hmm. Because he's that Oh, and he created that Lord Disick thing or yeah. he was just, yeah yeah oh my god he found a way to play with the chaos right so in a weird kind of way i actually began to like scott because scott was like you know what i'm in this mess i happen to love the woman i'm with she treats me like dirt so does her sister i'm just gonna do me and I'm not going to care. I'm going to of a bad situation. Yeah. <laughs> because it's a bad situation all around. But, I mean, and if I'm, I can and get... I'm, yeah. And I'm going to make my money while, I'm, while, while they're calling me names. Oh, well. Rob can't do that. Because mm. he lacks the confidence. i I got to say it again because it's not going to sound right. He lacks the confidence. He lacks, lacks the manhood. He mm-hmm. hasn't been trained up well it's different you you know you grow up with a bunch of brothers between the brothers somebody's going to teach you your manhood if your dad's not around somebody's going to do it he's brought up with a bunch of girls and he's trying to show them that he's a man and they're like okay funny that was fine when he was eight but he's 28 i don't know how old he is but he's grown right and they still treat him like he's eight so you know what happened? That's how he got there. What happened is not really showing up. Ah, uh, interesting. I I think he had an argument with his mom. Actually, I think it was Chris. Really? I really do. I think it was Chris. I think Chris tried to, you know you know, get him to participate. I think she tried to get him over there. I don't think he really wanted to go in the first place. And then when he was still being honorary, I think Chris said, get out. I don't think he left on his own. I think it was the mom. Sorry, I think it was the mom. Although they never really did explain what went wrong, by the way. Right. It was never, it was never like what you saw him on the plane going and then like right after that you saw him returning to Los Angeles and I don't even think Kim and Kanye at that point had gotten married. I mean, well, they had had their ceremony. Right. I I agree with you. I don't believe that it was after the marriage. I was, you know, it was either the day before or the day of something like that. But right. the marriage had not occurred yet, and he went. It's a, it's, a, it's an intellectual. Uh, you know, he's wounded in his. You know, at this this experience, he was wounded in his head. And what I felt like he was saying, I felt like he was saying, finally, I need to take a stand. That's what I felt like he was saying, and I felt like he wanted to make um, a public stand, even though he was crying because he could have very easily had gone back to a hotel room too. You know. Right. But I think in the best way that he could, I think he wanted to show the world there's a problem here. I do not believe that it came from Kim and Kanye. I believe that it came from Chris first. Hmm. That's basically what it said. 
well, if you don't want to be here or if you don't want to participate in what's going on, then you can just leave. And he was like, well, fine, I will. Right. Because I didn't want to come in the first place. Right. I see. Right. That. All that. Well, that makes sense. Well, I don't know. I don't because they were saying he was feuding because there was all these things about he was feuding because you know um, he sat and they didn't want him in the pictures like that. Sat and they were making fun of his weight and he had an issue with that and that's why he left. But what you're saying seems more plausible. Yeah, and you know, a mm-hmm. lot of times they do these readings. They always come out Debbie. Something comes out in the wash, and then it's like, oh, there you go. It was mm-hmm. watch, watch. Just like I was doing, oh, 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 I was doing, I did Chris Christie months ago to see, I don't know if you know Chris Christie, Governor of Jersey, mm-hmm. oh, big yeah. scandal with Bridgegate, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I predicted, <laughs> I predicted he, there's not going to be any ramifications. He's going to come out swimming, right? So I see him on, on Jay Leno, not Jay Leno, um, Jimmy Fallon, yes. he's been nominated Father of the Nation. Which is ridiculous. He's an idiot. It's so it's ridiculous. Idiot. So ridiculous. But my point is, it doesn't seem plausible when I'm doing the readings, and some readings come out right away. Some takes a few months. And I did this, you know, back in, I think, October, November, and I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. This actually should have been the biggest scandal ever in Jersey. It just should have been. But it, no, 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 no. They did their investigation, and cut two months later, 650 is, you know, father of the nation for Father's Day. I was going to say, bigger than ever. Right. So my point to you is, this that, watch the season, the new season's coming out, so hopefully they'll get to the wedding part of the new season, I hope. Or they said they weren't I really can't with them. I don't really, I can't. (laughs) Call it keeping up with the Kardashians, and I don't want to keep up because I don't care. But like, I kind of wanted to know what Rob was up to because, you know, they made this big deal about his weight, and you know, and him. He after mm-hmm. not being in the public for such a long time, and it's like, where's Rob at? Where's Rob? And when he finally shows up, he's heavier than he's ever been, and looking depressed yeah. and. Yeah, and remember, really let's, it, let's talk about weight, because weight, and I don't want anybody, you know, to discount what I'm saying. I, I, I'm not talking about you, everyone. I'm talking about certain situations. Right. Weight can be self-esteem. Oh. So let's say weight is self-esteem. Most people may not have, they may not have enough money to join a gym, so then the weight stays on them, Right. Right. He's got enough money to hire a personal trainer to eat the, the ultimate way, and yet right. weight came upon him. That's self-esteem. That's a clear message. It's even worse because he has the money to do whatever he wants to do. Weight is about, you know, putting on the pounds because I don't feel good about myself. Mm which is what his family is putting upon him. Well, see, it's like, like, the like there. it was kind of like post. Like, I hate to say it, but my mind went there. It was like, okay, well, maybe Rob is putting on this weight in, like, protest because his family is all about appearances. 
and how you oh, look. And, I agree. And maybe he's just like, you know what, I'm going to stay fat because I don't want to be photographed anyway. So totally, totally. You can't I can't even see it as a rebellion. Right. Totally. Oh, my God. I, I would have to agree with that 100%. He is rebelling. I totally agree with that. And it might not be the healthiest way to rebel, obviously. But, but let's, I mean, let's remember, he might be doing it unconsciously anyway. I see. It may I'm not be in a conscious level. Why? Why would it be in a conscious level? Like, who's going to date him at this point? Like, are you serious? He he may not even realize what he's doing, and yet he needs to take advantage of these magic. That's a good point. This reminds me of the Eagle Sisters. Like, he is just in the middle of, and you're right. It has gotten to the point where they actually don't show him. I don't know how much money he gets per episode because you tend not to see him. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you don't see him hanging out. There's no paparazzi. There's no, like, Not, like I said, we didn't see Rob for a long time. Like there were no pot, no you know cat pictures of him going back and forth doing mundane things like but, there are the others, you know. But even on and the show, I, I think he mm-hmm. edited out half the time. Oh, mm-hmm. that's what I think. They have editing control. Chris has editing control. Of course she does, and she <laughs> also has control does. over what's seen as far as. Yes. Where they go, she calls the paparazzi and says, hey, Kim's going to be at such and such uh, and such. Can you guys go photograph uh, her? You know, or, uh, hey, I'm going to be at, I'm going to be here. She's going to be coming out of the gym at any second. Can you guys run over there? So, and yeah. I noticed that because she has, and she basically has TMZ in her back pocket anyway. And so, oh I mean, and, yeah. Yeah, her, her whole relationship with Harvey and, and what they have a, a close relationship. So she also controls what goes to TMZ and what doesn't go to TMZ, too. Well, it's so funny I, you should say that because on one token, I, I respect TMZ because they have, like, the breaking news, like the Jay-Z and Solange footage, blah, blah, blah. But in the other token, they could be easily brought. I mean, just think about the whole Justin Bieber situation where there's yes. an, an original videotape. There's an original videotape that there was an African-American girl that used to be a part of TMZ, and now she's part of, like, Yahoo um, Insider, I think, on Channel 4, right? Mm-hmm. And then she admitted that they had possession of that footage, and they didn't use it. But they, here's the thing. They just tried to get it back from them by making that. You remember he made, like, some sort of bizarre, like, appearance? on TMZ where he was sitting up with Harvey and the dude with the dreadlocks and they were talking. It was so random. And I think in exchange for the videotape, because they had already had it in their session by that point, in exchange for that tape, he said, I'll appear on your show. So it's it's like, I'll scratch your back and scratch mine kind of thing. That's surprising. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, TMZ is easily brought as well. So on one hand, I like them. On the other hand, it doesn't surprise me if Chris Jenner. Oh, please, right. I have a price. Right, everybody has a price. Any news outlet yes. can basically be bought. Any story can be bought. Anything can be manufactured yes. for human consumption at yes. this point if you have enough cash to do it. 
if there's an artist out there that says, Tracy, never do um, a read on me, my hand is out. I'm like, gotcha. But my hand is out. <laughs> I got your back. No, I'm going to be like, I got your back. My hand is out. That's such a headache from that. Not. They're not. I'm not going to no. lie. Like, no. Like, there are some things that sometimes when I do my readings, it, it can come out a little scandalous. And the more I do these, the more it's kind of coming out like, oh, my God, like, you know, she's kind of on point. So it could get to that point where I'm like, I got you. I'll never do a video on you with the packed wallet. <laughs> <laughs> to another point, which is what was really being covered up. If so much attention was put on Rob, what was Chris really trying to hide? Were they deflecting enough attention away from Jay-Z and Beyonce not coming? Everything's calculated. Trust. Of course it is. Of course it is. And I love how Beyonce shut that down because she took that selfie. It was so shady. The way she did it, it was so much shade. She took that Not only was it shady, she did it on the internet. Congratulations. Ha ha. Good, you know, long life. You know, long marriage. Ha ha. Oh, just got my braids done to go to the Hamptons. Watch me pose. Ha ha. Exactly. Beyonce had that in her. I was like, I'm kind of proud of her. <laughs> it was so, it was like epic shade. I was like, does anybody else catch this shade? This is shade. Yes. All right, Desi, I better get you up out of here. Okay. Thank you so much for taking my question. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank it's you. a pleasure. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Think of something next week as well. Oh, for sure. I definitely will. Okay, take it easy. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, Tracy. Bye. Hi, Craig. You're on the line. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, First of all, I uh, want to apologize uh, if I think I kind of ran up the script today. I'm very passionate about certain things, and sometimes I kind of get ahead of myself. I can't get ahead of myself. You know what, Greg? The good part about me, I'm flexible, and passion, I'm always down for passion. So don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's ever that big of a deal. Trust me, it isn't. I just wanted to stay safe. I just wanted to stay safe. And I actually knew where you were going. Like, I understand it. And I'm kind of tired myself. I'm tired that we as a community, we're not getting it. And I got that. I totally got that from you. My concern is 
where do we begin? And that's why I pulled it away because we don't have the place to begin still. And this has been going exactly. on for a long time. Yeah. So. <laughs> it is. And it begins with us. <laughs> it it's begins with us. And I have to tell you, your passion was really strong. Like your rhetoric was really going there. And that's to be, um, what do you, when you clap, like uh, applause. Yeah, that's to be applause because mm-hmm. you're coming from a deep core of experience, it sounds like. And that's, that's all that matters here. Like, you get it. Oh, yeah. I do have a question. Um, Go for yeah. it. Um, my question is, um, I told like what I told you about a girl. I was interested in, and everything played out is what she said. She did try to pull it away, but we was able to get mm-hmm. communication up and started, and things have been going pretty good. But uh, the communication was kind of uh, sporadic on her end, um, okay. and I questioned her about it today, and I wasn't sure. She was a little bit rattled about it. Uh, she did mm. say she thought I was tripping about it, but uh, I, mm. you know, I'm just like, because there's the communication. And plus, since she, you know, kind of distance apart, uh, as far as mm-hmm. I'm in Nevada, she's in uh, Alabama, that's going to play a significant role in our communication. I was trying to get to see that. I'm not sure what she did. But the question yeah. I have is that do you really see, because I really want this to work. I really believe she's the one for me. Um, okay. okay. Let's and, pull back. <laughs> Wait, Greg, let's pull back. You're going in an emotional state that's going <laughs> to be unhealthy for you. No, let's you know, talk about passion. Oh, my God. Pull back. Pull back that emotional state. The one thing I don't want you to begin to say is she's the one. It's a danger. The the minute the words come out of your mouth, you've already walked into the danger zone. Okay. Because no one is the one. Oh, boy. Technically, yeah, technically no one is the one. What you can have is two people that come together of like mind. And it's like, God, finally, this feels good. Let's take this to the next level. This still feels good. Let's engage. Engagement. This still feels good. Let's get married and work out our problems at the same time. But if we start out too early, you know, on the Internet, first few days, you know, long distance, she's the one, there's a problem. I can tell you that right Right. now. And that's a problem that she's going to pick up on. And remember, I told you that she has options. Don't sleep on her. She's got options. So be careful, and that's why I wanted to stop you before I even did the read. Be careful if you say she's the one because there's psychological damage coming to you. Okay. Like like depression, like, oh, my God, what do I do? You do nothing. You stay strong. You stay who you are. You know, you're, you're looking for that. Remember, you're passionate, so you're coming from an emotional place. So that's a gift because I'm finding that most men don't, put, like, passion into the relationship. Sex is one thing, but they don't put, like, the passion into the relationship. And that's a gift that you have. With all that being said, the lecture's over. Now give me the question. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty Uh-oh. good. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Was, Go for it. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty um, much the answer, right? <laughs> well, that pretty much that summed it up right there. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in a sense, but uh, how do you so, think the first date's so, going to go? So let, me, so let me tell you then, you know, based upon what I just said, 
don't be afraid to keep looking. No one's the one until two people decide that I want to do this dance with you. No one's ever the one. Keep your options open. Don't put all your eggs in this basket. I I can't guarantee that she's worth it. And she's kind of displaying some, well, verbally she was like, you're tripping. That's rude, first of all. And second of all, you're kind of displaying um, maybe a little bit of jealousy even, even though that's not what you're saying. You're handing a lot over to her right now. So she could, she's going to pluck you like a chicken in a minute. I would say keep dating. Keep yourself available. Keep yourself online. Greg, stay right there. This is Psychic Tracy Brown. Please call me for your own personal reading. If you enjoyed the show, join me on Twitter at Pop Culture Psychic. Look at my YouTube videos and describe, uh, wait, subscribe. But call me for your own personal readings at 818-985-2010. The show's not over, guys. So whoever there, stay on the line. And so I'm back to you, Greg. I want you to keep your options open. Okay. Is that okay? Because you got really quiet. Um, no, I'm just taking everything all in because I realized that I'm on, the, I'm on the brink of making the same mistake I made a few years ago. And Which was? What did you do a few years getting ago? Two emo- getting too emotionally involved early and end up causing what did that girl? What did that girl do to you? I mean, um, I'm, I'm going to put it that way because I think you deserve that, but... What happened to you when you got too emotional? Uh, everything that you pretty much stated that I'm heading right now is what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. I just got emotionally ahead of myself, and um, the young lady got tired. And when I reflected on it, I couldn't blame her. <laughs> you know, mm. and so yeah. it, it just it, it, it just takes a, a certain individual that brings that out of me. Um, and so um, I had to really Bring monitor what myself. Out of you. Wait. Wait, it takes a certain individual to bring your emotions out because you're just a passionate person. You displayed yeah. that today on the radio show. You're just passionate. You're not passionate about politics. You're passionate about love, too. You're passionate about, you know, if your mate hurts her toe, you're like, what can I do to make you feel better? Like, that's what I'm getting. So right. that's who you are. There's nothing wrong with that because too many guys don't have that. They don't have that kind of um, essence. To, to to hand over to someone without worrying whether or not you're going to get it back. So with that being said, that's not bad. You just have to assess the girls that come up in your face. Just assess them better. Oh, yeah. You know? I get that you're oh, yeah. lonely, Greg. Two different, two different things. Well, I have no family, it's just me. And so I have to go do a bit of an adjustment on each person that I do meet um, because yeah. there's negative effects because I'm pretty much raised myself. I really don't have a family, you know, and I'm looking to a state so when of you my say, own. And, yeah. When you say you don't have a family, what does that mean in terms of? I was adopted. Mother- oh, okay. Wow. 
Okay. I get that then. Yeah. I get that. I have an adopted brother, and it's interesting, like, what he displays as passion, and he goes hard. And sometimes we all sit back and go, why does he go so deep all the time? Adoption has a lot to do with it. And so that just kind of explains my behavior. And I always have to... And I have to always kind of try to self-assess myself, and at times it's easy, sometimes it's difficult. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, to be honest with you, that's, that's really positive in my the relationships that I try to be in. It is because mm-hmm. uh, of um, the trust issues or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you say trust issues, and sometimes I feel like you give up the ghost, too. Like you have trust issues, yeah. and yet, like maybe to be liked, you give up the goals. You give everything up. You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. So sorry. That's okay. This is a very good reading. <laughs> uh, and Thank so you. I want to really, really you take the apply to my life as best possible. You know, I would appreciate that. And I'm just going to offer up, um, I don't know if you know anything about uh, Esther Abraham Hicks, do you know about the law of attraction? Yes, I do. I do. I'm very familiar with that. Okay. Um, I personally have been listening to um, Abraham Hicks lately. Um, and I just take a topic and, you know, they run from four minutes, they run from 14 minutes, they run from 22 minutes. I just pick a topic and I go all in. Right now I'm listening to anything that's related to money. And I'm starting to switch over to anything that is related to relationships, but I'm doing money right now. Um, Mm -hmm. Just so you can have a continuous mode to feed you, to feed your soul, you know, which is what's lacking, you know, when you have adoption issues, you know, that that, uh, comfort that's maybe some other people have had and there's, there's a, you know, um, a blank space there, you know, listening to these types of tapes could begin to fill that up for you so that as you move forward, um, you're, you won't be so willing to give yourself away so hard, so quick, so fast, and maybe relax a little bit so that girl can actually come to you and that girl can feed you and you'll know it because you won't have to work so hard, you know? Okay, yeah. All right, Greg. My heart goes out to you Uh, because I have an adopted brother, so I get it from a very organic place. I get it for you. Like, I had the same experiences, you know, from the outside looking in, but I have an adopted brother, and he has some similar stuff going on. Okay. You know. Well, yeah, everything. Well, any, yeah, everything. Huh? I was just saying everything will happen in this perfect time. I'm a firm believer in that. It does. Everything happens in its perfect time. I promise you. And so earlier on, I said um, to that one of the books that I recommend is Embraced by the Light. Um. I would invite you to read that book. 
um, because I just feel like your spirit needs to be filled up a little bit, and this is also one of those books that gives you answers that doesn't make sense as to why were you the adopted person? Why did that have to happen to you? And maybe you're not asking those questions anymore, but you're kind of acting like those questions are prevalent. So I would invite you to read the book and watch it change you. Watch it change your life. So that as you move forward, you're going to move forward with more confidence. Not that you don't have it. I'm just talking about from your inner core more confidence, women won't be able to use you in terms of, like, taking advantage of you, or you won't, um, you won't need them so much. Like, when somebody comes along and, and it's right, it's amazing. It's amazing. And that's what I want for you. I don't want it lopsided. Okay. All right? All right. Well, thank you very and much. In any case, where keep me posted. You have my telephone number, so keep me posted. And oh, when no you're doubt. having a down period, text me. Let me know. Let like, hey, Tracy, this is what's going on in my life. I don't mind being there for you. Much appreciated. I thank you. Much. You're quite welcome. Okay, take it easy. You too. Bye bye. Okay, bye. Hi, six two six. You on the line? Hi. Oh, hi, Tracy. How are you? Hi, who's this? Oh, this is Gail. G-A-L-E? Um, well, yeah, G-A-Y-L-E. C-Y-L-E. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, G-Y-L-E. <laughs> so I could tell by your telephone number you are in California. Yeah. And okay. what part? Well, um, 66. Okay, the 66 is in L.A., though. Well, yeah, it's the Valley. San Gabriel Valley for the most part, right. Yeah. But tell me, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. I was wondering if you could give me advice on um, the direction of my career. It's actually restructuring, okay. and I'm actually feeling excited about it, so it's not like I'm sad or anything about it. <laughs> I'm just broke. <laughs> but I want to do um, something in my career that's more fulfilling for me. And I, I don't have to deal with... Well, I want to deal with people who are like-minded. So that it'll be What's your to career aspiration? Well, I want to um, be of service and I would also like be a service as far as volunteering. That doesn't pay me, but I want to volunteer. And also writing, mm-hmm. career of writing. So okay. I guess incorporating right. my helpfulness and my need for service to others into writing what I would like to do. Okay. Here's the first thing I'm getting. Um, and I hope you can do this economically. I hope you can do this. Um, do what you know. Do what you know. I have managed to turn my psychic ability into fun, engaging, money-making. You understand that? Mm-hmm. This is all I know. This is all I know. You know, I pulled Malcolm in for sports and politics because he kind of helped me in terms of staying prevalent with the hot topics for sports and politics. And I don't do sports and politics. I don't do psychic work. That's the only thing I care about. But I've turned it into a money-making machine. Do you understand that? Mm-hmm. 
So do what you know. Economically, if you can volunteer right now someplace and then write about it, that's the amazing experience that's going to come out of you. There's nothing like volunteering and not get a significant person that changes your life or, you know, or participating in a particular experience like Habitat for Humanity. I can't imagine anybody that's not participating in Habitat for Humanity and doesn't have so much information to write about. So that's what I'm getting for you. The writing's going to come, like, remarkably easy. Go ahead and volunteer. Then write about that experience. If you do that, it makes a big difference. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yes, it makes a big difference. Because right now I get that you're kind of like, what do I do? What do I do? You know, and a little bit of confusion and a little bit of, um, I don't know what I'm going to say, feminine energy, masculine energy, feminine energy, masculine energy, and not really standing in your power, maybe because you're not quite confident who you are today. And it's okay to be that way today. I'm just getting thought somewhere, thought small, take baby steps, like volunteer. Don't even look for the writing experience. Just volunteer and let that person or that experience show up in your life. And then look at that experience as you're volunteering or a person and then go, I've got a story here. This is amazing. I've got a story here. This is what I'm going to do in this experience. Yeah, it is. Okay. So how do you feel about that? Is that, a, is that feasible for you? Economically, is it feasible for you? Well, it's feasible to find volunteer. Well, it's feasible to sign up to see if I can volunteer at places and actually get into places that would be feasible for me to be to find fulfilling. That would be another mm-hmm. thing. Well, okay, that's true. But um, if you don't mind me saying, I kind of see where you are going to, if you choose to volunteer, I kind of see where you could participate in something relating to family or children or family or lack thereof. Maybe, maybe the children are separated from their family, something like that. Something feels disconnected, family umbrella is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm also yeah, getting a lack of – go ahead. No, I'm listening. I'm also getting a lack of moral guidance, something like that, where you could ultimately of- wind up. A lack of moral guidance, yes. Because something feels disconnected about the family unit. Okay. For me, or is that what I'm volunteering for? That's what you're volunteering for. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I felt but, like, yeah, I think that was morally sound, yeah. But mm. is that familiar in your personal life as well? Um, you know, kind of, kind of. 
Okay, let's go back. Let's again. The first thing I said is write what you know, right? So with all that being said, what if you wind up in a situation that's reminiscent of your personal life? And then watching it from somebody else's eyes then allows you to write truly effectively because you've been there. Well, because yeah, it feels it was, similar. Right, and it feels like what, what you're saying is that, because what I did before I came to California was write a screenplay about what you're talking about, right? So I wrote a screenplay already regarding, you know, the family and the disconnect, you know, the band, abandonment issues and all that stuff. Mm. Wow. And, and what I would like to volunteer for would be something along those lines. Yeah, but that's for yes. volunteering work, mm-hmm. which I'll find yeah. and, and don't be surprised if what you wrote about initially with your screenplay either gets re um, readdressed, either gets redone again, or something brand new. Here's a, you know Dan Brown is coming to me for you, Dan Brown, and. Before Dan Brown's first novel hit the market, he had like one or two novels prior to that. So, again, I'm going to say go back into familiar territory, as uncomfortable as I think it's going to be, by the way, go back into familiar territory, and if a whole new concept comes out separate and apart from what you've just written, just begin again. Because maybe what you wrote before, like, it could get better designed because of the new experiences. You could be older. You're in a new part of the state. Like, so many dynamics can come out of this that could actually make it a better product. I see. And what's really big here is male-female energy which and the disconnect the family. But what I'm really getting in terms of male-female energy is the decisions that men and women make that don't, that create the, the dysfunction, that create the, the disconnect, like that, you know, that they're not together oh, the way they're supposed like, to be. Right, not adding love into the aspect, but adding control and manipulation and... Oh, um, my God. So like a victim, like, oh, I'll do whatever you say. Like, you know, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't have to pay all my rent. I only have to pay half of it now. You can have the kids. Yeah, making pedophile families. I understand what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. There's something even more from from this new experience is going to make you either create a better product or create a better you or make you a better writer. Something amazing is going to come out of this experience. So. I would have to say, in terms of volunteering and in terms of writing, do it again. Oh, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds fun. I like doing it, so it's always healing to write it. Um, that's yeah, that's right. volunteering. That's um, emotionally fulfilling. But um, is there um, any way to find extra cash? Oh, well, uh, well, three. Um, it could be, I have to say yes. I have to say yes. Um, 
and I don't know what you mean by extra cash. I hope you mean just a job um, because there is a creative job, magical slash creative job, and when I use the word magical, it's not like a gift from heaven. It's kind of like the environment, kind of like magical, or it might look magically, something like that. Like, like ma- oh, how pretty, so magical, something like that. Um, uh, that's waiting for you. So I get it that if you decide to look for it, it's, you know, seven weeks away if you decide to look for this type of job. Um, however, I would have to say apply to, ev- apply to everything and then let this job show up for you. But I see you celebrating, and I see if you decide that you actually could wind up getting this job. Whether or not you like the job after you get it is two different things, but you could get this job. You mean like looking at a, like a magical store or something? No. What I'm really saying is apply to everything, and this environment is going to show up for you. Apply to everything. Mm-hmm. But in the process of applying for everything, this environment shows up for you. I would just give you a description of what the job is going to look like. If you focus on the description that I gave you, you actually can wind up missing it is what I'm saying. Because it's not like the description is gonna, isn't going to say, what a magical environment. It's going to say we're looking for a clerk. We're looking for a graphic artist. That's what it's going to say. And yet when you go there, you're going to be like, oh, my God, it's owned by Disney, something like that. Do you see what I mean? Oh, I, I see. So the environment looks magical, so that means it's very creative. It's a very, very creative. creative environment. Yes. So with that being said, www.entertainmentcareers.net. Go there first. That's soup and nuts entertainment. Oh, that's my alley. That's what? Hey, that's right up my alley. I like. I want. I. I aspire to do entertainment this www.entertainmentcareers.net. Everything under the umbrella of entertainment. The jobs that open up falls under this uh, site. Um, and by the way, for everybody else that's listening, they're in, you know, they're in all the major cities, by the way, this website. They're hiring in all the major cities. And soup to nuts, I mean, from fashion, shoes, to line producer, blah, 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 reality show, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's .net, .net, .com. There is a .com, and you'll miss the boat if you go to the .com. It's .net. Oh, but there okay. are- I'd better get up out of here now. I'm exhausted. Oh, well, thank you very much for your time. I look forward to seeing you maybe next month at the fair, second fair. Please come now. And you have, I'll be in room two, and you have to be like, hey, Tracy, but are you on Twitter? Yes, I'm Goddess Sunny Day, S-U-N-N-I-D-A-G-I-D. I saw you. I threw you some kisses. I saw that one. You you make comments or you favor or you retweet every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hi. <laughs> All right, no worries. Take care now. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Long day. I don't know how I went from 45 minutes to two hours and a half. I really have to work it out better. Two hours is enough. 
Thank you for tuning in. I hope you all enjoyed the show. I hope you all enjoyed um, Malcolm's. Oh, political owl. Ow, I know I forgot to say something. Go Kings. <laughs> Damn it. I meant to say that during Malcolm's hour. Go Kings and congratulations on the Stanley Cup. Thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Call me for your own personal reading at 818-985-20. Have a great day, guys. Bye. I can't turn it off. Hold on. Um, and Michelle. And Michelle.